The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is the happy hour. You guys know the happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. <laughs> Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Monday. This is the happy hour. 93.7 The Ticket. TheTicketFM.com. Nick Sainert, Enrique Alvarez, Clary. Hello, Rico. Hello. How was the weekend? It was good. You you had a uh, scrimmage. Oscar yep. red-white scrimmage on red, Saturday. red-white scrimmage for volleyball. And um, learned a lot. Which learned a lot. There's a lot of questions, not in the bad way. With Husker Volleyball. Yeah. There's a lot of curiosities. It It's a very deep team, so the questions in who is going to start at mm-hmm. what position aren't bad. It's not like, oh, well, you have one good option and one bad option, and you really hope that this is the... Pre-. No, like, they're all good. They're all great. Without a senior. Um, but, yeah, no seniors at all. Um, pretty sure we, and by we, I mean the volleyball media, have all come to an agreement on who the setter is going to be. Okay. And it's Bergen Riley, yep. the freshman. Um, just looked so much smooth. And and look, it's hard to say that because hold, just do the rest of the intro and then we'll get into volleyball. Okay, four zero two four six four five six eight five. I have a lot to say. The, the Honda Lincoln Hotline and the Sarter Heyman Text Line are both open for you guys the entire show today, as well as our Sarter Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and then Allo Channel nine fifty one for you guys as well. Always shout out to Empire Net and Fence for their support of the happy hour and of ninety three seven the ticket. Um, before we get back into volleyball, yeah, Rico, so I have a lot. I need I know. <laughs> That's fine. We're going to get to it. We're also going to be joined by Lincoln Arneal tomorrow. Tomorrow to talk volleyball. To talk volleyball. We have Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska today at 1.30. Before we get into that, Rico, yes. I went to Micromania on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, right across the street from where I was. Yeah, right across the street from where you were. Shout out to the Icebox. And it was... I didn't know what to expect going in, but when I walked in... And it wasn't what you expected. They were hitting people with trash can lids. Oh, perfect! I was like, okay, now we now we're getting into I'm, something I can watch. I'm in. Okay, so we're good. So just immediately, we, we sat down in our seats, and it was a great time. Um, huge shout out to to Lori Crocker, the president of the Lincoln Stars, for for uh, providing tickets, and and shout out to everybody involved. It, it was definitely one of those things, like I said, where I didn't know what to expect going in. But when I when I left with the group that I was with, we were like, "All right, yeah, we'll, we'll go again if it comes next year or whatever <laughs> happens." So it, it it definitely is. It's definitely an entertaining show. Uh, highly recommend trying to find a, a show for Micromania here in, okay. in the near future. So anyway, let's get back to volleyball here. Okay, I was uh, across the street from Micromania. Yes, I was yes, at the you Bob were. Vanny Sports Complex, uh, watching the red white scrimmage, and as I said. 
pretty sure we came to a consensus. I don't know. I don't want to speak for all of them, but I'm pretty confident in that, that Bergen Riley is going to be the starting setter once opening day gets here uh, for, for Nebraska volleyball. But it's hard to say that because the teams – John Cook told us afterwards that this is pretty much the teams that went blow for blow in a, in a like practice scrimmage that they had, yeah. and he thought that it was really good, so that's how he split them up. But when you look at the red team, which had Bergen Riley as their setter – she was setting to, um, she was setting to Merritt Beeson, the transfer from Florida, mm-hmm. Harper Murray, the freshman with the cannon for an arm, and uh, the middles were switching back and forth on on both sides. But she had Lexi Rodriguez on her side as her uh, libero defensive specialist. So w- when you look at it like that, you've got potentially four starters on one side, whereas on the other side you had Kennedy Orr, who has been here for three years and um, was the number one recruit, number one setter, number one recruit in her class with Lindsey Krause, who is more than likely going to be one of the starting outsides. Um, and then she also had um, oh, Hayden Kubik. Um, and those two got a bulk of the, the, the balls set to them as Lindsey Krause finished. You ready for this? 58 swings. Yeesh. There was she had a ton in one set, correct? Oh yeah, she had a she had a like it was a it was close swings. to a record. So in in a three set match, and I was looking. Uh, shout out to Amy just for for looking this up. I was sitting next to her. Um, in a single three three game match, the record was forty one, I believe, or fifty one. Um, and in a four set match, it's sixty two, mm. and she finished with thirty eight in three sets. I believe 38, somewhere around there, and 58 in the four set, you know, match that they had. So, okay, I want to I want to go back to the the setter real quickly because um, it's it's Bergen Riley or Kennedy Orr, yes. correct? Right. It's and between those two, both the now, number one setters in their class. Bergen is a freshman this year. Kennedy is a sophomore, but a junior yes. school. She's been here for three years. So that's what I wanted to get to because so so statistics wise on the red white scrimmage. Bergen Riley has 36 assists while Kennedy Orr has 29. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's where we have this conversation so often where it's Husker volleyball is just the revolving door of incredible and elite talents. True. And it's one of those where, yeah, you might play this one year, but uh, guess what? We're having the number one recruiting class come in next year. And the number one recruit in this case, Bergen Riley, is going to be competing with you for your spot. What does this mean for a player like Kennedy Orr? Because you think about her career. Mm-hmm. She comes in as the number one player in the country out of Minnesota. Yes. Out of the state of Minnesota. Uh, but comes in as the number one player in the country, Kennedy Orr, that is. And struggles to find a rhythm. Obviously, Nicklin Hames was finishing out what we th- were kind of expecting to be somewhat her last year two years ago. Mm-hmm. But then... So you understand, okay, there's going to kind of have, an, not an understudy role, but basically learn from Nicklin Hames, who is, as we all know, incredibly successful. And then the following year, you have Nicklin Hames make the decision to come on back before beginning her coaching career. Yep. And that kind of leaves Kennedy Orr in this, yeah, like she's going to get an opportunity, and Nicklin Hames also is going to be there and be present understandably so, and she's been running the Nebraska offense for volleyball the last five years. Now, this year, it's not that Kennedy's going to have a walk-in to the starting job. Nope. But here comes Bergen Riley, who once again, that revolving door, the number one player in the country, comes in and 
as we saw on Saturday, is making quite the case to start. Yeah, it's it's just a it's a hard thing to deal with as Kennedy Orr when she came in as a freshman wasn't I mean, she was going to be competing, but she wasn't going to get that starting role as yeah. you said. Nicklin Hames was entering what would have been her final season had COVID not messed everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kennedy kind of had to deal with that. Got hurt, had the knee injury, had to sit out that entire year. Came back, was kind of nursing the knee injury and was battling with. Um, Oh, and now I'm spacing on her name. She transferred to San Diego. But, uh, uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's somebody on the tech side no, will we'll, help us we'll, out. We'll be able to find it. Somebody will help us out. But they, she was battling with her for, for that setter position because Nicklin was supposed to be, as she was coming into her final year after COVID, um, she was supposed to be just a defensive Ani Evans. Yeah, Ani Evans. So it was Ani Evans and Kennedy Orr battling for that starting setter position. Nicklin Hames was going to be a defensive specialist, but Ani and 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 Kennedy were were struggling so that Nicklin got inserted back into that lineup, et cetera, and they were running a uh, a six two. So they were having two setters come in and just kind of doing their thing. But Nicklin was was Nicklin and Ani ended up getting the starting roles for that. And um, now without Nicklin, without Ani. It was thought to be, you know, maybe Kennedy would be able to take that step forward, and she worked so much in the offseason, didn't play sand volleyball because she was working on her setting. She looked really good in the exhibition match against Wichita State in Central City. She looked really good in Brazil. Mm -hmm. But Bergen Riley, with the experience that she has, I understand that she's just a freshman, but playing on the senior world team down in Brazil during the school year, being the only one on her team doing schoolwork while everybody was out doing whatever they were doing. Um, she just has all of that experience, and she's very uh, mature for her age. And just the way that she sets the ball looks extremely effortless, no matter where she is on the court, no matter where her feet are, whether they're planted, whether she's up in the air, whatever she does, everything looks so smooth when she does it mm-hmm. that it's – not that it's unfair. It's just going to be hard for, for Kennedy to – uh, combat that. I understand she was the number one recruit, the number one setter in her class, but Bergen is just, she just looks so much better. Well, and, and as a lot of people know, even just a, a common volleyball fan that doesn't know a whole lot about the sport, the setter is, is potentially the most important spot on the floor. And it's the most, it it's, it's the most difficult to transition. Right? And that, that's why it's such a top, a, a discussion point of this transition from Nicklin who was a staple, right, mm-hmm. and had such good chemistry with all of her teammates to now transition it. You can't just throw somebody out there each and every game and expect it to go smooth sailing. Mm, and that's it's not exactly, going to work. That's why That's why um, Coach Cook likes to run his 5-1, where you have one setter out there yeah. who's going to be knows you know where the middles, where the outsides, where everybody wants the ball, in what position, all that stuff, to, to get a good swing on it, as opposed to switching setters in and out, and maybe somebody has a, a favorite target that they like to go to more often than not, but sometimes you need to switch things up. You want to go with the quick in the middle. You want to go across the court. You want to you know run a slide. They're going to have to uh, – set backwards behind their head, whatever they're going to have to do, you have to be comfortable doing all of that. And right now it looks like Bergen Riley is, is the most suited for that spot. Could be wrong. When that first yeah. game comes along, John Cook could have seen something totally different and go with Kennedy Orr. But from what I saw in the in the, the exhibition, in the, the couple of uh, videos that I saw from Brazil and in last night's or um, two nights ago scrimmage, uh, it, Bergen Riley looks like the more uh, – ready person to, to be the setter come come starting uh starting the first game and uh it's it's gonna be really fun to see the outsides as well because um 
you have you have um Harper Murray being ready as it well, mm-hmm. looks like she's ready as a freshman with a cannon for an arm. Merritt Beeson uh, transferring over from Florida looks like she's going to play all six rotations and be that um, athlete for Nebraska volleyball. And then Lindsey Krause, who kind of an up and down career so far, but when she's on, she's on. This season, again, not make or break. I don't want to say anything like that for anybody, but she looked so consistent over the exhibition and in Brazil and and now in the red-white scrimmage, she was off a little bit, hitting negative for a while, but then switched things up. Granted, she took 58 swings, Mm. but when she was making contact, she was making solid contact, was up there on the net, blocking shots. The block is something that you can be extremely excited for for Nebraska volleyball. That's going to be there's going to be a lot of roof 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 chanting in in the Bob Devaney Sports Complex this year and and I I feel like Lindsey Krause although they're trying to make that transition from having her on the opposite to the right side um she's comp, she's confident and and um ready to play either position. Once again, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline and the Sarder Heyman text line, both open for you guys the entire show today, as well as the Sarder Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo Channel 951. Okay, let's let's transition to football here. Um, once again, we're going to be joined. Lincoln Arneal will join us tomorrow at 1.30 to yes. talk Husker volleyball. Today we have Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska's Rivals uh, site for the Huskers. He'll join us at 1.30 to talk his thoughts on Nebraska's fall camp and and then just getting you guys ready because we are 10 days away, 10 days away um, from from Nebraska football kicking things off against Minnesota up in Minneapolis. And so we, we definitely want to get our thoughts. One of the big things that I do want to talk about coming up here in the next few minutes is the running back situation because we all know what Anthony Grant did last year. And, and the reason I bring this up, now remember uh, just a couple days ago, or maybe by you know a week and a half at this time, we heard the staff talk about there's going to be some committee approach out of the backfield, right? Um, but we heard it also where <laughs> Strick, Strick always trying to mess things up. But anyway, as we talked about, um, we heard it on Saturday. Matt Rule said said that Gabe Irvin is the clear cut number one running back, and that Anthony Grant's just fumbling too much. And if you watched last year with Anthony Grant, this might come as somewhat of a surprise because looking just at the numbers, Anthony Grant fumbled three times all of last season, a season where he carried the ball, I think, about 220 times, uh, maybe a few shy of that for just over 900 yards for Nebraska. I'd like to say it's a pretty good ratio, 220-plus to three. Exactly. So, and, and he only lost one of the fumbles, right? You, you also remember that in the first three games that Nebraska played against Northwestern, North Dakota, and Georgia Southern, that he did not have a single run of negative yards yep. in those first three games. He Which was impressive because he was getting met in the backfield bingo. a lot during those games. You can also add to this conversation and it's going to start out saying you know sounding like I'm I'm a big Anthony Grant stand that I'm I'm disappointed you're a big but Gabe Irvin guy I'm a big Gabe Irvin guy but this is what we saw last year from from Anthony Grant was that in those first three games that now I, I have the statistics pulled up he carries the rock against Northwestern 19 for 101 against North Dakota he carried it 23 times for 189 and then against Georgia Southern he carried it 27 times for 138 yards now remember what we were saying going into last season is that everybody was desi- you know was longing for a running back that can number one be durable enough to where they get the the staff can hand it off to him 20 plus times in a game mm-hmm. and he's effective. 
Well, for the first three games, Gabe or not Gabe Irvin, Anthony Grant <laughs> was that, where he goes over 100 yards in the first three games. Four out of the first five games, he he exceeds 100 yards on the ground. And then you're like, all right, cool. Anthony Grant's kind of Nebraska's guy. But I think one thing we saw last year is we're we're seeing we're hearing this this idea that Anthony Grant kind of you know fell off towards the end of the season. And I think more so defenses got better and Nebraska's offensive line did not. Defenses got way better when you're facing off against Illinois, Michigan, Wisconsin. And Nebraska's offensive line, as we know, did not get that much better mm-hmm. over the course of last season. Now, it's it was just throwing me for a loop. Like when he says that Gabe Irvin's the clear cut number one, it's just that Anthony's fumbling too much. I yeah. understand that fumbling is a massive part of the game. Holy ball security is a massive part of the game, but outside of that, to be the clear cut number one, you've got to be doing things much better than Anthony Grant is doing things. And that's, I guess, not not terribly surprising considering we, we saw what Gabe Irvin was able to do in the mm-hmm. few amount of carries that he was able to get as a true freshman who earned the starting role when he first got to Nebraska. But, again, after what Anthony did last season, only having three fumbles and 200-plus carries, we'll just call it that, um, to be the clear-cut to, to not be the clear-cut yeah. number one or to not even have, you know, there's a possibility that one person could possibly get this starting role over the other, that is surprising to me. I am curious on, like, what it means. It feels a lot like the Joshua Fleek situation when we hear Matt Rule come out and say, yeah, he's the clear-cut number one and Anthony Grant's just fumbling too much. Mm-hmm. It feels a lot like the, the Joshua Fleek situation to where it's he's significantly over his weight and then a few days later he's on campus and part of the team. Mm-hmm. And, pract- it, it, and practicing, it, yeah, not and, like and, he and had practicing. to recover from you know massive weight loss. That, that's, where I, that's where it's – it feels a lot like that to where I wish we would know a, a number associated with how, how often is Anthony Grant fumbling, mm-hmm. right? Because if – this I don't I don't even know if I want to say this if the standard or expectation is not a single fumble throughout all of practice and Anthony Grant has two or three well then I understand that that's not the expectation but that's not as bad as maybe it sounds or mm-hmm. seems when you hear Anthony Grant's fumbling the ball way too much yeah if that makes it when you don't put a, a quantity to it when it, you it sometimes that, loses credibility when you hear that I just automatically think every other carry is a fumble yeah. I'm just like fumbling way too much. That's terrible. That's awful. Yeah. He must be fumbling all the time. He must not be able to hold down to the ball at all. And Gabe Irvin hasn't fumbled a single time. When in reality, and again, not in reality, but in, there's a possibility that Gabe has also fumbled a few times. But Anthony's just maybe there's certain plays where you know maybe it shouldn't be that difficult, and he's fumbling. Maybe you know there have just been a, a few instances where not only does he fumble, but he loses it. Yeah, you know, I it, it's something like that. So just hearing he's fumbling way too much, and Gabe Irvin's the clear cut number one, is uh, is just jarring. I, I would expect that we will get to see a glimpse into practice tomorrow morning, um, around nine a.m. or so, and, and with that. I think I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on the running backs, right? There's going to be a lot of just eyes on on offensive line as it usually is, mm-hmm. but especially running backs because now, um, and the coaching staff has kind of alluded to this, is that now this is kind of the week where where depth charts start to to get figured out, right? Week three, week three or week four, um, either way, whichever week we're on right now, 
Uh, that's that's they're all blended together. But that's this is the week where all right, y- you figure out depth charts and you figure out who is who's going to be number one, who's going to yep. be number two, and stuff like that. So those those pairings between all right, who's Jeff Sims handing the ball off to, and who's Chuba Purdy handing the ball off to? Uh, that's where that's going to come into play just a little bit more, maybe so than than in week one when a lot of the true freshmen and and guys were getting. We're getting you know enough opportunities and ample opportunities that we were talking about. So, also, people stop asking Matt Rule about the depth chart. <laughs> they don't. You don't like. You don't like asking about. Depth people chart? keep asking about the depth chart. He's asked. He's been asked way too many times. That's what he said. Yeah, they'll release well, a depth chart when they're good and ready. I would assume they'll probably release a depth chart here in the coming days. More than likely. So, uh, and Nebraska fans love it. Nebraska fans love seeing whether it's uh, you know one and two or one or another one. Everybody loves ors. Nebraska had a lot of or. I Although can't remember somebody, there was. I saw an NFL uh, yes. reporter said this is the first time he's ever seen or on a depth chart and in reference to somebody's some NFL team's depth chart. And, and I, it's like, oh, have you never seen a college depth chart? Because well, ors live on college depth charts. And if you look at like Nebraska's last year against Northwestern oh in Ireland, or 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 or, or there was a lot of ors. A lot of P- ors. PJ Fleck would have been wild. He would have loved it. It would have been crazy. All Do right. you think he just puts oars on his depth chart just because he loves oars? <laughs> Spelled differently. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, 402-464-5684. <laughs> yeah, just so many oars. Uh, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, and the Sarder Heyman text line, both open for you guys. The entire show today, as well as the Sarder Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo Channel 951 as well let's take a break we ask uh, steve mark my fellow cubs fan as well gross about the cubs i have a while we're on this actually we can go ahead and do this real quick do can we yes because I, I can bring i we can bring steve into this so the angels right by the way you remember when they did not trade shohei otani at the deadline at the start I, of this I, month i do remember that yeah they elected because they wanted to be buyers so they and, and Push for the playoffs. Okay. So they trade for Lucas Giolito from the White Sox. They get a, they get a lefty arm. Then they also get CJ Krohn and Randall Grichik, mm-hmm. two two starters mm-hmm. from the Colorado Rockies. Sounds good. So they're buyers. They don't get anything. They don't set. They don't trade nope, anybody not, away. Yep. They are five and thirteen since the trade deadline, and now they are fourth place in their division. Great job. Yeah. So not a good. Decision. It's, it felt like the Cubs last year with Wilson Contreras decided not to trade him off. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to worry about signing you at the deadline or at the, in free agency yeah. either. So, But, hey, the Cubs are in the thick of it. Three games back. We're good. So, anyway, let's take a break. Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska joins us next. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.